You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. games all of the time what is that from i don't know it's um a bunch of white kids called blackout um it's from 2012 um it's just this this kid singing about and He's so off-key and bland that it provides the anchor for him. Right, see, he provides the core anchor for the music because that is I the mean, energy. That is the energy of not wanting to do anything so you can play video. That is the exact energy of not wanting to do anything so you can play video games all day. Like, it sounds I awful. I mean, that is, that, is literally, that is a key component to punk music being off key yeah full off key and apathetic let's go poor tenant poor tenant of old school punk music um if you want to hear some of my favorite old school white inks punk bands um Sex Pistols are like a really good example of this. Uh, Dead Kennedys are also a pretty good example of that. Um, definitely the Sex Pistols, though. The Sex Pistols, where the the person in the group who can actually sing is the drummer, and he doesn't sing <laughs> except during random live shows. <laughs> No, it was okay. It was like a particularly funny live show where they, uh, like one of the fucking guitar broke, like guitar string broke. So they're like, oh, well, let's just kind of dick around until like it's fixed. Um, and then they're like, well, we, we take requests, and somebody like did a request, and then like, you know, they're singing one of them's just the lead singer's like going, and then he stops and he's like, I don't know the words. And then the drummer just keeps going. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like listening to the drummer. I'm like, the drummer is the only one who can sing here. (laughs) You know what? Valid. I accept this. Sure. That's, you know what? There's accuracy there.
And welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman. But the actual host, the owner, proprietor, the CEO, the CFO, public relations lead, head therapist, head of the human human resources department, lead custodian, and Chief Cat Wrangler for Unreasonable Friday. Elise Bacon, baby, how are you? However, I am, do not actually pay people at payroll. I do not sign them checks. Well, payroll is, um, the- it's a kind of a fluid concept here at Unreasonable Fridays, and it's important that... I just, I just want you to know, I am not the check payer. Is it- I do not write them. I do not send to the cash apps. It is a nuance. All income, all income is brought in through the Patreon, the Patreon, the Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com backslash on Fridays. But. And then that money gets deposited into some cash apps. Yes. From I, I pay people from the an unknown source. We don't know who it is because I'm not like I may be part of payroll, but I do not. I do not. I'm not responsible for these checks. That I happens when checks. that happens when you go to actual payroll. When you have a payroll issue, and you go to the payroll department, and they're like, "I don't do this," and I'm like, "What is in this room then?" <laughs> Like, please explain what goes on what in the payroll here? room. They're if like, I just work here. I know. Yes, in this room. <laughs> so, what happens in this room that you and you have no idea what happened with my pay situation? But you're in the room, Mark Payroll, telling me you don't work here. Are you an imposter? Is this a bank robbery? Should I leave before I have to be disposed of for knowing? T- I'll just go. If you're robbing the bank, if you're robbing this place. This is above my pay grade. I'll leave. Like, if you're just, like, a German mercenary and you're just holding the appearance of someone that's in payroll so that whoever's extracting information from the vault in the bottom of a building can get out of here safely, it's not my business. I'll just come back when the actual payroll person comes back or they replace the payroll person you had to disappear with another payroll person after you disappear with all the information out of the vault. Either way, let me know, because the room is marked payroll. But there is a disturbing lack of payroll information inside this room. Right, and then they're like, HR can help you. And then you go to HR, and HR is like, no, that's a payroll issue. And I'm like, I'm going to need both of you in the same room to tell me who they go to. And they go, oh, go to your boss. Yes. But my boss told me to come to you. And then you just have to start collecting people like Pokemon and then sit them all. And it takes a 30 minute meeting to decide who's actually doing what. And there's no resolution. Um, It's been a while. So it's important. And usually the, um, the, uh, the emergencies are generalized. Um, in this case, it is a very specific issue. I, me, I moved. I moved. Um, I moved in one of those whirlwind. Your owner of your your landlord, your owner is like, hey. You know, it would be do- You know, it's gonna be awesome. 
if it would it would be awesome if I took advantage of the housing market and the sixty percent markup on all property across the great state of Texas. And um, yeah, so anywho, you're gonna be um, contacted by a real estate agent. And one thing they do, real estate people when they are when they're trying to sell a place from under you, pretty much want you to live on the street until they sell it to someone else. And that little bit of strong arming is the worst shit in the world. Where they're like, oh yeah, we need photographs of the place you live. So we can sell the place you live out from under you to another place who will, without fail, push your rent up 50%. Without fail. But first, we need this place to look like you don't live in it. And then you go, well, that might be a problem. Because we can I do live I do it. live here, um, as luck would have it. And um, so you have two choices. You can put your stuff in storage and live around the people walking in and out of your apartment who are scoping out how much more they can how much they can gouge you for rent in real time in front of you. Feels good. Or you can find a place to live in short order. Which is what we did. So we um we moved. Congratulations on moving. Yes. Moving is the worst. It's fucking awful. Everything about it's terrible until like you're in the new space and you're like, good. Hopefully I don't have to do this for like at least a year. Oh god, I have to do this in a year, and then you're sad. Right. Um I don't mind moving so much, but also I pack light. I've I've been I've been living out of tiny spaces for so long that I just don't have enough to make moving a hassle for me. So I keep it light, but I imagine moving whole houses seems to be it might be a bit of a struggle. So I see it. But that's where we've been. That's why the show has been. That's why there's been like even on the Patreon just general silence. I've been uh, but uh, the big the, the the big takeaway is that my space for actually working and recording has um, quadrupled in size for the first time probably ever. I've been in back rooms and side rooms and guest rooms and such, um, living in other people's used up, filled up, disgusting spaces for about maybe a decade. So this is the first time where there is like an L-shaped desk with more than enough room for what I want to do with myself. So I imagine that the general output of our program will change just on the principle of me not working in chronic pain um, in terribly small, um, terribly uncomfortable working situations. I just wanted to be clear that I believe we've been we're on the other side of this hill of distractions. I think we did it as a group. We did it. And I got laid off. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the job lost their COVID money, which meant that they lost their we can employ people money. Ah, yes. And they weren't they weren't really prepared for it. 
I mean, it seemed and, like that. Wasn't I mean, that the direction that we were taking that we were going in with in terms of just COVID relief? Is this no longer a thing that we splurge on as a country anymore? Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Explain. Because they, like, it's a healthcare place. And so, like, they had received extra money because their healthcare to like employ people and we're getting you know subs they're getting like you know stuff from the government because like healthcare places like actually got more covid money so when like they government was just like nope we're not doing any more covid anything and congress didn't pass like you know covid budget etc and the supreme court was just like you can't do x y and z uh the covid money disappeared like you know the 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 test the free test money the covid money all gone and so uh that's where my job went with the covid money gone uh. um yeah some pretty significant downsizing happened some pretty significant downsizing it sounds about right and uh, my entire job position was eliminated. So please subscribe to that Patreon. Because um, if you think for a minute that unemployment isn't full of fuckery right now, you are sadly mistaken. Yes. I imagine that there is a... Um, they do not want to deal with people being on unemployment and actually um, possibly um, recouping any energy. Possibly enjoying themselves even passively. Um, we don't want to have that. Su- what was the summer of 2020, 2020, where people were on unemployment and we were getting stimulus checks and people were kind of like sort of kind of paying for things, sort of, sort of slightly in the middle of the pandemic while they were home, kind of. And uh, the government was like, and the uh, government was like, this is unacceptable. Um, well, I mean, you just I, I mean, there's a lot of. uh so essentially what it is, is there's just like a lot of people who are still unemployed or who are now on disability because of COVID or got laid off because they had got COVID or et cetera. And, um, or just can't work because again, COVID. However, um, uh, the, that they just don't have the staff. They just, uh, the state just doesn't have the staff for the amount of bodies that need you know assistance there's just not enough people and they don't have the money to uh, employ the people Hmm. super great so and of course there's fuckery because like my job was also um, peak disorganized weren't they cooking the books trying to keep you off unemployment in the first place uh, I don't think they were trying to keep me off unemployment, but like you know, they didn't actually like report my hours. So to... the, the books were accidentally cooked, incidentally sautéed, pan seared books. Because like um, I have like I have like hot records and stuff of all my hours. Like I have I have all that stuff, but like they didn't actually like report that stuff yet to the state. So that is the very definition of cooking the books, by the way. The very definition yeah. of it. Is when the state's like, what are you doing over there? And then your response is, nothing to see here, officer. That is cooking the books. 
hundred percent. Uh, le- it's less of there's nothing to see here, officer, and more of a oh shit, forgot. I forgot my homework. Let me bring my homework after school or like tomorrow. You know what? Tomorrow, because I've got like I've got I've got a game today, so I will bring it tomorrow. You know what? My mom will bring it tomorrow. That has led to the death of many a gringo by the cartel and many a movie and show about the cartel or said gringo. That right there. Well, you know, I forgot. You know, I'll, I'll, I got you tomorrow. That right there has um, killed many a gringo while they were caught cooking the books, being a little greedy. Oh, I forgot. I don't even think they were trying to be greedy. I think that it's it's... I don't think it's malicious. I think it's disorganization. I think disorganization at this point, um, when you are costing people lives, time, money, energy that we explicitly don't have, it's malicious. The shape of it is malicious, even if it's not. You know what I mean? It's a, it, 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 I do not think that your job was like, fuck Elise Bacon, specifically. I do not think that. However, they did make a fuck Elise Bacon-shaped hand pie. And um, it's incidental that the hand pie came out in the shape of fuck Elise Bacon. But it did. So all we have to go by is what we were presented with. (laughs) So I hear you. But I'm not a fan of it. As a fan of you. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm fucking pissed. Uh. Do not let my tone. Uh, I have there's like there's a thing I have where I I don't sound like how I'm feeling. So like I'll be really anxious and I just I don't sound anxious. My voice doesn't isn't what people would identify as. Oh, this person is having severe anxiety or extreme. Now I am fucking livid, but from everything I know about this place that I worked at. I don't think it was malicious. I don't think it was a, um, oh, we're intentionally trying to fuck people over. It's just they are that disorganized. And, like, they're literally overhauling their entire HR again for, like, the third time. Like, at one point, they're even outsourcing their HR. Like, they they do not have their shit together, which is, you know, part of, the issue with this company entirely and why even why there's layoffs in in general right they just do not have their shit together right um uh and yeah i i don't actually think it was like any sort of intentional let's try to fuck these people over they're just there's a lot of thoughtlessness um and a lot of like very self-serving behaviors that are extremely short-sighted um but not actually like not pointedly malicious in this um but yeah their hr situations situations are fucking so i'm actually not surprised that all my hours weren't actually reported not even a little not even a little bit surprised but very angry very angry as you should be so so that is that is our situation. That's where we went. That's why we went. Radio silent. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Bacon. Happy birthday to me. I have nothing else. And we at least get to watch you stream again, which was a delight. 
yes, I will be streaming again. Um, I have my next streaming game picked out. I had no promises on beating it or streaming it more than like two days, but I do have it picked out. What game um, are we playing? Oh fuck! I have to go look it up again. What the fuck is this? You had a pl- you just touted a plan. I just you installed be, it. You 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 just touted a plan, but you were not ready to ex- the, the the critical details of the plan. I don't know what you're expecting from me, and if you're expecting like a you- thing called organization, I think you are sorely mistaken here. It is specifically a Game Pass game. What is it called, um, Bacon? Which is why I couldn't remember the name of it. This drum roll called, is so long. It's called Hard Space Shipbreaker. Oh, I know that game. I think I know that game. It's that engineering game where you build stuff and you got to build more stuff and you survive. It's like it, a survival it, game. It is a capitalism simulator. So we're playing it a capitalism is. simulator to celebrate being laid off. Let's fucking go. We're back. Yeah. No, it, it's, uh, it, it has some very pointed uh, commentary on capitalism and the deregulated free market. So I will be playing that one. I was listening to one of my friends uh, playing it and I was just laughing because like I've heard about it before and I was like, eh, I'm really picky with my economic system simulators. And then I was listening to them play, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stream this one. Even if I only stream it for, like, a hot two days and I don't really like it, I'm going to still stream it because it's funny. All right. Well, we're back. That is, um, what is it? Twitch.com backslash B4C0NZILLA. Or, no, that's your Twitter. Hold on. Let me go. No, my Twitter is convoluted. My Twitch is very not. My Twitch is just the Baconzilla. It's very pink, white, and black. Can't miss it. That's it. The Baconzilla. There we go. Twitch.com. Twitch.tv backslash The Twitch, Baconzilla. Yeah. TV.coms. Yeah. Yep, TV. The um, uh, online shooters have killed, like, I groan every time I see um, Twitch.tv, not TV, TTV. I groan every time. But, um, alas... Uh, that's not, that is, um, that's a situation. Everyone's all caught up. And we're going to be a little more consistent because everyone's kind of settled in, either by force or by luck, desperate moves on either side. And with more productivity comes more of, an, uh, more of a reason to uh, uh, join the Patreon, even though we did just install, well, as of today, the um wedding tier in the patreon at the urge of um bacon and um alicia fan of it was it was really just alicia's idea but i'm here for nonsense where i had suggested and i do not know the genesis of it that i would officiate someone's wedding as a patreon tier and if um you were white Part of your vow would be to come together and stay out of black folks' business for as long as you live. As part of your vow to each other as two white people in union. To stay out of our business together because you both are married. You have other things to do than mind our business. 
that would be part of the wedding vow and you would you know kiss on it and do all that things that people do and it would be a beautiful wedding like i would spend time getting to know everyone involved and i would be very specific about what i see and what i've heard from each other and everything it'd be rather beautiful but i will officiate your wedding for three thousand three thousand dollars top of the line three thousand dollars we wedding. can be hot. Well, I've always said that. I have never. The idea that being a sellout is um, some type of negative. Um, the worst thing is when you are a sellout and a liar. If a person walks in and goes, I can be bought for this much money, and that number is just sitting on the table, and someone walks in and hits that number, that person was very direct. I can be bought and have been now by this person here. Here's the receipt. And with that said, here we go. So I've always said I can be bought. My services can be rendered. I can marry you in the love of your life. This is not restricted to white people, but the experience will be markedly different for a pair of white people than anyone else. The fabled wedding tier of uh, unfpatreon.com backslash on Fridays. Take a look at it. If you have someone you love very much, If you feel like you're ready to pop the question, I see a lot of people who have bonded during the pandemic, finally, you know, announcing lots of marriage announcements. (laughs) And you also listen to the show. You might want to combine the best of both worlds. And um, let me usher you both into this new beautiful chapter of your lives. Uh, did you, did you, did you put on the, did you add the, uh, the, the pretty, the pretty assets I made? I I did some new assets. All that stuff is getting added. It will be added by the time people hear this. But at the time of recording. No. By the time people hear this and someone's going to take me up on this $3,000 wedding, uh, wedding thing. Um then yeah, they'll know what to do. I'm excited because understand that while my words will be beautiful, this is 64% a dare and will be an <laughs> absolute clusterfuck. It will come out well because I will ensure that because I can, <laughs> I absolutely can make sure that you and your partner are married um, in a beautiful and like I said beautiful words are shared everyone gets a little giggle but for the most part people will be openly crying at the beauty and magnitude of your star-crossed bond celestial interweaving of souls but before that it will be a clusterfuck because this is mostly a dare <laughs> it's so. pretty much a joke it's um, but, but if you it can thousand dollars, we'll yeah, take it. Right, it can happen. <laughs> so, like I said again, like the man who can the man who can be bought. I'm also being very upfront. No surprises. So now that we've gotten copious amounts of housekeeping, lots of vacuuming, lots of sweeping, lots of swiffering, wet and dry, we can move on to the program. I have no. Um, what happened? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. We are going to be 
hopefully adding some more content to the Patreon. Oh yeah, there's lots um, of things too. There's lots of things. Lots of things to add. It's a matter of we just you know just you know with age becomes comes getting worse at the social media and the keeping up with things but we're trying it's um and to be very clear the world ended and when i say the world ended i don't mean like like anime like they liquefied the world to throw fireballs at each other end of the world that's nonsense i mean as in an understanding of the way we live life has changed it's ended um capitalism has waged war with that change. Which means that while the world has ended, we all have to go to work. And if you can't, then they don't want to hear it. And that whole processing the world ending with having to go to work like it's 2009, colliding in open battle, is such a violent war that it leaves all of us very tired. So... I will say fatigue is real. I trust our listeners will agree. Fatigue is real. The ongoing war between normalcy and the end of the world is loud and stupid. All of us are caught in it. It's very messy and haphazard. Terrible. And all we can do is try to um, uh, squeeze out moments. Uh, windows for ourselves to uh, be able to do some of the things that we enjoy and that um, window has been kicked open either by um, greedy landowners or disorganized management so here we are ready to do bearing our souls being honest all right hey there's a program here I have several things here. We've got... What does this paper say? It says, what are we playing? It says, says, um, what are we playing? And uh, we can start very simply with that bit. What are you playing? I like it because you're always playing a bunch of different things. I am still still on Rune Factory 5. Several hundred hours. A little over 200 last I checked. Um, But I've also been doing heavy raiding in Final Fantasy 14, so I haven't been putting as many hours as I wanted to into Rune Factory 5. But I can um, I'm gonna have everything. I'm gonna have like all my. I'm gonna have all my gla- my games just basically cleaned up and finished and just all cleared up in time for July 22nd. What happened? Live alive, and then July 27th, which is Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I will no longer exist. Goodbye, everybody. You'll be fine. Um, You'll be ready to stream that. Perfect, perfect stream fodder. Wonderful. Yeah, I will not be streaming the entirety of the game because I will want to play the game when I am not streaming. Well, so, yeah, but it'll all, all, be it'll, deal. it'll be good enough. Here's the deal, and I tell people this all the time when you stream. What you need to do is, and I and I I, I recommend this is when you play a game by yourself to the point where if the stream is following that you might they might miss a thing because you played it while you were in bed. 
Um, you take, you make a few notes, and on your stream, you play a little dramatic music, and you say, last time, like on Dragon Ball Z, and you read five sentences, and you load your game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that. Right. If it's, I can remember. Here's the deal. You can make stuff up. Because you're, I listen. You're not. You'd be again, much like the, much like anyone else, anything else. If you come out and say, "Listen, this game I like so much, I'll be playing it while I'm off stream. The other sixteen hours, I'm not streaming." All they can do is not in agreement. And if they really, really, really need to see every single detail of the game, they can purchase it themselves. Um, that is the. That is the way of the world. Um, I, I'm just showing. I'm just showing you all gameplay here. That's really it. That that's it. Like the game is me, right? Playing the game. I I can't. I have settled in the fact that I can't just play the full entire game streaming it unless it's something like Mass Effect because that one required commentary. Right. Um, they are sometimes you're just not, you're just, you're just out here. Just sometimes the audience will miss a thing, but they're there. And, uh, so live a live, leave a live. I keep my, my brain, my brain will never say it the way it is. Cause it just looks very simple. So my brain keeps saying Leviathan. Like once it goes live a thin and I'm like, please Leviathan. I'm just stop yelling. Stop. Leviathan. Leviathan. Leviathan, and I'm like, where are? How did all of you get in here? Leviathan. It's like, no, it's live, live, I live, isn't it? I think it's live alive. Live alive, yes. Uh, my brain calls it Leviathan. Anywho, it's coming out on Switch. Will be streamed. I am so excited for that game. Give me. Got two great games coming out for my birthday. Okay. Um, and we are currently on the 18th day of my birthday. Thank you. The thing about your birthday being like a chunk of the baseball season is someone might actually forget the official day of your birth. When is the official day you were born, like legally? Uh, 10 days from now. So July 28th. July 28th. Okay. So July 28th is your birthday. But. Every day is my birthday. The best part is, is so if you if you do the whole month and you're basically like all the days are my birthday, mm-hmm. people will be like, "Oh, did I miss my miss your birthday?" And I'm like, "No, you're right on time." They don't have to remember the date; they just have to remember July. I'm not gonna lie to you; that is rather convenient having like when is your birthday? Summer. Summer 2022. That's my like just like. That's my birthday. Any day you want to do something for me, any day you want to give me anything, any day you just want to say happy birthday, all works. It's all in play, all fair game. So, yeah. It's so good. Absolutely. It will be like, oh, I'm sorry I missed your birthday. And I'm like, you didn't. You didn't. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Or they'll be like, oh, man, here's like a belated birthday. And I'm like, it's not late right on time all the time it is on time it is indeed perfect timing they're like yeah but i should have really gotten it for you on your birthday and i'm like no 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 no. it is my birthday thank you (laughs) well done 
That's cool. You're giving people the broadside of a barn to hit. That works. It's, it's great. I don't have to remember. They don't have to remember. It's just July. 28th. Okay. I mean, we'll try to put a pin in that one day. And then we will also celebrate the rest of... Happy birthday, Bacon. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And a happy birthday tomorrow. And the day after thank you, that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of my friends... Uh, who I play Final Fantasy with, and they are a delightful human being, and I love them dearly, is doing something absolutely ridiculous for my birthday. And I have no idea what the end result is going to be, but uh, it is definitely a really in-depth, trolly happy birthday. And I'm a little excited to see what the end result looks like because it's bizarre and ridiculous and how did she describe it? She described it as it's the equivalent of like a ten dollar gift wrapped like, uh, uh, put in a giant box with like scotch tape and a giant rock. Um, like there's a lot of work for very little payoff, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. This this is I feel like the anticipation and the ridiculousness is the payoff here. Uh. So far, all I know is she made an Excel sheet, and every day, every single day of this month, she is giving me a different letter. Really? And at the end of the month, she's going to give me, like, all of the stuff for, like, so I can figure out what it means. I have no idea what any of these letters I have no idea. I've looked at the letters that there's nothing. I have nothing. I don't know. I have no clue. They're super arbitrary. The whole thing is super arbitrary. Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I, um, one time. A little excited. For someone's birthday. In the spirit of time-wasting present nonsense, which is great. I gave someone a box with nine boxes in it. Each box was wrapped. And in the end, the center box had nothing in it because the thing was actually just sitting on the counter the entire time for a week. <laughs> no one noticed because I just put it there. It was just like a little, like a little, um, like a little statue. It was just there on the counter, just sitting there, just being on the counter. And then I just handed the person nine wrap boxes. Each box wrapped, opened up all the boxes within the boxes, nothing in the box. And then I pointed to the counter and there was a thing. And they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, yep, it was there the whole time. Looking at you in the face. Looking you in the face. You just thought, oh, what a cool statue, I guess, even though it's a thing I wanted. So, I am all about the spirit, the great spirit of time wasting birthday present nonsense, especially when someone turns their birthday into a um, multi tiered birthday festival like Bacon does. Perfect thing. I'm literally, I'm literally. You know, she, first she asked, she's like, does anybody say happy birthday to you every single day? And I'm like, yep, a couple of people have jumped on that one. Happy birthday. Um, and then she's like, wait, I've got something. And so now I'm getting like, I'm getting a letter every single day. That's right. Of the month. As you should. I have no idea what this collection of letters do. All I know is that she literally built an Excel sheet to keep track of it. I mean, this all sounds like an elaborate Resident Evil style puzzle. And um, I'm here for it. And uh, please keep us posted 
on where you're at in this nuanced game, nuanced game of chess being played with you, your birthday, and your homie. I love it. Yeah, I am highly entertained. I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on, but all right, let's let's do it. So, what are you playing, Aaron? Um, I usually, I usually don't say Destiny. Even I'm always playing Destiny. It's about six months since Witch Queen came out. So six months. This is the break season, the um season of personal accountability. It's called. Uh, uh the narratively, all the character, the some of the main characters have to deal with their own um guilt, and uh, resentment, uh, sadness made manifest as these floating ghouls that are around them so we have to like uh, dis expunge the ghouls made out of their own negative feelings and um of course as with all growth it comes from accepting the things that you may not like about yourself or things that have happened to you my favorite bit though is we're now embarking on that that narrative dissonance between telling a meaningful story while killing everything in front of you as part of the core gameplay loop. So it's just one of those things where you hear, you find out, and it's just a problem with having a game that exists over the course of six or seven years, where you have, we meet Zavala, we found out he is black, his wife is black, he has a son, his son is black, he lost him thousands of years ago, he's never processed the grief. So you hear him grow as a person and deal with his grief to the point where he loves his wife so much that he doesn't necessarily want to expunge her negative spirit because he misses her so much and he'd rather have her around berating him and needling him than to not have her around at all, which is beautiful. And then he, um, you know, he explains, he fixes the problem, he grows as a person. He tells you that there's more to life um, than blind faith and I have to learn more about what I value and what I truly put my faith in. And then you go to the Cosmodrome and grab a bounty. And he says, Guardian, those niggas over there got some stuff. I need that stuff. Go over there and take it from them. Thank you. And I'm like, weren't you just talking about, um, weren't you just talking about personal growth, dealing with grief? And don't we call those, thing, don't we call those guys Elixney now? Like, but, and, but, you know, again, we're now in this season where the writing is really good. We've now we're now examining all methods of being, all angles of being an infinite light warrior, um, a creature of pure violence and action in the greater scheme of the universe. And um, yet we still kill everything we see. And uh, I don't know how you deal with that. I found the division also had this problem. They fixed it in the second one by making all right-wing caricatures the villains. So you kind of ask less questions. The the pro-COVID people were a faction. The um, gun-toting uh, militiamen were a faction. The um, anarchists, like the right-wing anarchists, were a faction. And you got to shoot them. Um, and that was okay-ish. But it's always a thing when, like, your fodder is alive and you're now telling the narrative of your trash mobs, like in Diablo. 
then you kind of get into this thing where it's like you're telling a really beautiful tale of these things that I fired a rocket into indiscriminately killing 15 at a time and then picking up the money that blown out of their wallet from the explosion and then taking some of their skins and fashioning them into pants and shoes and then I saw I took some of the pages it was like a charred cookbook from the explosion and then I took it in my pocket and I'm preparing some of the food that I heard about when I blew them up from the pages of the charred cookbooks it's a little bit of narrative dissonance it's uh that is where we're at great season though absolutely great no it's a great narrative season it's not a good content season it's one of those break seasons where it's just like um there's just there's just not as much to do as there was and we're kind of dealing like i'm I'm dealing with this thing i'm actually telling people that i play with to play other things and people are like listening to me now for the first time in years where instead of being on destiny and complaining about like whatever the seasonal model like i see a lot of articles come out about the problems with the seasonal model because the season has um low content um no one notices that we've been playing steadily for six months the witch queen came out in february 22nd this last season came out i believe like in june people are finally starting to wind down in july that's six months of continuous gameplay i'm good it's break time all-star break time vacation time play something else um i tried a demo of a game called uh what was it called it's called fuga but it's got a subtitle let me look i played the uh, let's see fuga ah here we go fuga melodies of steel told you about this in discord uh it is the hardest demo i've ever played um it is a uh strategy i guess it's like a strategy roguelite you play as um it's kind of like a world war ii analog but i think you're like cat children and the enemies are like the germans are like angry dog races like angry mean-faced dog humanoid people they're called the Burmans. and uh you're, you're getting your village raided and you kind of stumble into this cave which is effectively you kind of all jump into effectively a megazord and because your kids you're like what the fuck is this and because your kids are like let's save mom so you get the, get a megazord out there and you start stomping around and as immediately once you realize the cast is all children you're kind of like all right I'm going to protect these babies. And you're doing your real-time strategy thing, and they're like, you know, some some targets might be airborne. And some targets might be armored. And targets might be both. You can switch all your position of your children. And they said, oh, yeah, one more thing. There's a weapon here on this ship called the Soul Cannon. And for the low, low price of one life, you can win this turn instantly, no matter the opponent. And uh, they do in the demo, and I go, oh. And they were like, whoever's lost cannot be returned. And I said, that's cool. I'll get to that in the first game. And in the game, I'm not going to fuck with that. And then they put me in a situation where we're about to die, and the soul cannon, which seems to be sentient, is beckoning one of the chi- beckoning the children all at once, and you pick one of the children that you want to sacrifice to test out this mechanic. And there's all types of tropes. There is the leader boy with the little with the cute little hat. And then his little baby sister, so that you can understand that he's serious about his leadership role. There is he has a baby sister to protect. There is the there is the, the nerdy boy with glasses. There is the beloved, unusually tall teenage girl. 
there is a um there is a boy who loves who loves his meals and I had to sacrifice one to the soul cannon. I've been playing the game up to this point for eight minutes. And <laughs> I was um not mentally or emotionally prepared at four in the morning to sacrifice a child um to save my own ass. So I um I had to uh Make a choice. I chose the the, the 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 kid that loves to eat, and he sits there. And because it's a cannon, he knows cannons. The whole dialogue is him stepping into the cannon, thinking that he has to man it, like aim it. And he goes, "Where do I aim?" And the thing closes, and he goes, "It's warm in here." And then it consumes his body, and fires a shot no! that kills my opponent. And the other kids are like, "Where's the homie?" His fucking scarf is right here. And they're like, oh, he's probably in the kitchen. Let's grab him. They're like, he's not in the kitchen. And the gun, the ship, which is slightly sentient, explains that one of the children's lives are sacrificed for the greater good that you must fight so that you um, make sure his sacrifice was not in vain. And these kids, ranging between 14 and 8, were like, what the fuck? And in the next turn you actually you find out another mechanic which is the emotion mechanic none of them had to will the fight and we could not attack because one of their friends had died suddenly in the middle of their um uh tank excursion he was gone he they didn't even get a chance to say goodbye they all thought he was just gonna go man a cannon and he was like oh man a cannon they were like all right get out of here go do it and um so then we died because we could not defend ourselves and the thing that we had shot at had come more reinforcement come and killed all of us. And my favorite bit was the sentient life that's inside the robot. It was like, all right, I think we might have gone a little play a little too willy-nilly with these children's lives here. We're going to run this back and you go back in time. And then they explain other mechanics like being able to actually talk to each other and form bonds. So there's a gap between regular attacks and the children sacrificing super laser. There's a whole RPG system. And again, we are now at minute 14. (laughs) And one, I'm very, I talked to every single person on that fucking ship. We were, we were packy sacking. We were talking about basketball. We were making hot cocoa. We were vibing on that ship because I was. I didn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. So we really did. It was like these RPG systems are to prevent you from having to sacrifice a child's life to survive. Not even win. Survive one fight and war. And I was like sold. And then they said, "Would you like to buy the game?" And I said, "I have to protect every single one of these children." Sold. I bought the game. The total playtime of the demo was 17 minutes. Not including the 10 minutes in which I paced around the house because they were like, which one of these children would you like to sacrifice? And I did that thing where I was like, me back out. And they back you out and there's one option. And they back you out and there's one option. And they back you out and there's one option. And I go, oh, okay. Okay. Put the controller down. I was like, oh, this is uh, okay. 4.14 in the morning. Okay. All right. Okay. So th- yeah, I don't. I'm. I don't. Um, they. I'm gonna leave that game to you. They they got me in because I was intrigued by it. I I like I like children at war stories. Have always been intriguing. Um, they're always weirdly manipulative. So I don't like not manipulative. They're 
they're written usually by adults who don't know enough about children to tell a convincing story about children during war. And this might not Mm -hmm. be any different, but it's a video game, so I have my hands in the mud, which is different than reading a book about children at war, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I got Uh, you. Right, so... um, I will say this right now. They want in, they want all in on emotional manipulation, and it absolutely worked. And anyone who hears this and is like, I do not want to fuck with that game. I can see it because they want all in. And you probably have an easier time playing it if you just play the regular game. For some reason, this demo, they were like, all right, we got to get all this emotional manipulation in in under 20 minutes, folks. We got 20 minutes. Like, but sir, we have an entire nuanced system of, of RPG elements and character management and cooking. There's cooking, sir. It's like, I know. 20 minutes. Oh, okay, sir. All right. That's what I got. And it worked. That is not what I am playing, but it is what I will be playing. Because I got to protect those babies. I have to protect them. Protect the babies at all costs. All costs. And it's better than this. The other the other game I played was um was a War of Mine, but that game was um a <laughs> game. Uh, I remember I had to tell uh, two six year olds to um to beat an elderly woman so we can get some bread. And I no! was like, right. And I was like, because I we were running low, and there was this lady who was not long for this earth. And I was just controlling two people. And those two kids out, you know, getting their stuff, doing their thing. And there's an old lady in a house just by herself, not doing well. And uh, she was like, get out of here. And we were like, we need your stuff. And then I was like, well, this is going too far. In. And I listen, I don't mind it. I like Darkest Dungeon. You can, you can nudge me along. But, you know, you can also push me over. You can nudge me, and then you can just push me to the ground. So I was like that. I feel like Fuga Melodies of Steel is a nice middle ground where I can actually have a, you know, a, a deeper hand in actually keeping people alive, and I don't have to tell a six-year-old to um to uh, take a bag of rocks and beat an old lady for her bread. So no, a little too dark. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't dumb. like it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's War of Mine is a hard game. It was a hard game. I played a lot of it, but don't talk about it because it was so hard that I just like it. I played it before the pandemic, and I was like, we're no longer in a place as a society. We don't have the mental capacity or bandwidth to play this war of mine anymore. So I'm not, I'm, we don't. We just, it's like I said, that's, that's, um, yeah. But that's us. What does it say here? Oh, yeah. It says Bungie is officially Sony. Um, this has a lot of relevance and no relevance um, because Bungie needs money for Destiny. We know this. More importantly, it also means that um, Bungie has unleashed the job listings because that Sony money hit, which is extremely relevant to someone like Unleash myself. the job listings. Right. For people who either need a job like Bacon or are currently a QA tester but for the wrong company like me. So I would like to be able to, um, I, like I said, that is what I got from a Bungie being officially Sony. It won't mean anything until Destiny is on the PlayStation Now Plus. What's it called? Now PlayStation Now Laters. 
Listen, I don't. Um, I could not. The PS Jolly Ranchers. Whatever their streaming game <laughs> subscription service is called, um, Destiny will inevitably be on it. So if you like Destiny, uh, you like free Destiny, I imagine PlayStation 5 is going to be where you want to be. Which, Yeah, that's all. And maybe able to get a job with Bungie because uh, Sony money hit. And that's what's up. E- yes. Uh, it also says here that Bayonetta 3 got announced. Well, Bayonetta 3 had already been announced. What got announced was the release date. It's in October. Oh, okay. I want to say it's like Halloween or something. I don't know. I already I pre-ordered it. Sight uns- like I hit the pre-order button and I didn't look at the date of when that pre-order button applied to the game. So they asked, would you like to pre-order it? And I said, yes. And they said, would you like to? And then I said, yes. And they said, well, what about you ready for it? Yes. How would you? Yes. Are you? Yes. To confirm, yes. And now I pre-ordered Bayonetta 3. So the particulars are lost on me. I own it, though. Yeah, it's like October something. Like, but no, Bandit, they're gonna already been announced. It was just the actual release date got released with more stuff. There's a all I know because I didn't watch the trailer because I like I don't. First off, I don't watch trailers anyway. But I'm especially not gonna watch a trailer for a game I'm already going to play. It's Bayonetta. It's fucking like uh, sure Bayonetta. I don't. I don't. I don't really care. But um, uh, they have like a safer work toggle essentially on it. Mm. Um, it's being affectionately called the nudity toggle. I don't remember what the official name of it is. Can't remember again. It's officially don't. called the end of democracy, the victory for big government, where we cannot see Bayonetta's fantastic seven foot four inch ass as she summons demons to um do wrestling moves on other large demons. I feel like that's um that's a blow to feminism as we understand it that we have allowed um our right wing big government to cover her ass while she kills people. I'm fine with it. While she's I'm shopping actually I'm, I'm, I'm a little hype, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes sometimes I just don't want ass. If any opportunity to see Bayonetta's ass is a glorious one for you or any bystander, whether your boss is walking by your cubicle, whether you're on the bus and there's somebody next to you, any person, any living thing, a pigeon by going by overhead, anything, a little possum with a stupid possum face looking at you stupidly, anything that gets to see Bayonetta in all of her glory is a blessing. And everything, every living thing, including that idiot possum, some moron, should feel blessed to be able to see Bayonetta's ass. And under no circumstances should there be any option to cover her naked ass while she performs elite tightness magic to save all of us. It's a sham. I hate it. I'm also joking. he's joking (laughs) I realize and the problem is is that I have to shave off like 
every time I go to the satire tree, which it used to be when I was younger, it was a magnificent high, just a, a, an oak tree, wide branches, full leaves. You'd lay under it and get all the shade you need in the summer. It was a magnificent specimen. Oh, yeah. No, we can't do that anymore. That Those days are over. It is such a sad sight that literally any and all satire no longer works because there is someone being very serious, very, very serious in that moment about the thing that you think is so outlandish that you can make the outlandishness is the joke. Yeah, no, you can't. Like, those jokes don't fly anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little sad. They don't work. I have not made a satirical joke. This is the first one. That was the first one I've made in four and a half years of talking in the microphones. I have. That's not true. I when was the last time <laughs> I made. When was the last time I really got down and and did the and did the angry like did the angry white boy thing. I do it to you private, uh, privately, privately, <laughs> you and I. I will do it to you, but I don't do it in front of an audience because. It's just so many people that have to deal with that randomly that like two people might laugh and then one person might get mad. And I'm just like that one person that might get mad because they literally had to interact with a coworker an hour before. Like, oh, I don't want to put anybody. Not, through even, not even just that. There's like assholes who don't understand that you're joking and they're like, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Fuck the feminists. And it's like, wait, no, 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 was, no. We were joking. I was extremely what are you joking. Doing? Yes, I we were joking. What? No. Right. And as a result, we, um, I can't. And then they're like, oh, oh, sorry. I, I was also joking. Uh, yeah, that. Joking. <laughs> yeah, joke. I was totally like, I was not. This was absolutely like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. What, what's wrong? Like cowardly asshole backpedal. I see that like, happen uh, on. Uh, um, my, what? My, my favorite gif, which is that chicken just squinting. <laughs> <laughs> like mm, yeah buddy yeah that is the um yeah the great the social media backpedal du jour that's like the jetpack enabled anime backpedal uh when someone is like yeah fuck feminists and i'm like actually no i was kidding it really doesn't matter whether you can toggle if you can toggle off bayonetta's nudity you might not in fact want her ass cheeks in your face as someone who deeply loves bayonetta i don't necessarily like having my wires crossed I don't. Um, I, I, I've always had issues with it. I'm like, I don't necessarily need to be looking at ass while I'm also countering and parrying. I'm also dancing. There's also demons and monsters. It's like, I don't need to have it. I don't need all my meals to be like in the same sandwich, like ice cream and pot roast and rice and fucking creatine powder and shit. Like, all those need to be in the same fucking sandwich. It doesn't. So I'm fine with it. That's why I had to make sure that I made it clear that we're joking and then explain. We hadn't just spent five minutes talking about how we're joking unequivocally. I just want to play Bayonetta. That's it. I don't care what they do. And more options are great. I'll never argue an option in a video game. There is no option they can add where I will be like, oh, I do not like this option. This allows me to tailor my gameplay experience to my preference, which might be no ass today, please. Which, you know, is a thing. Not a, 
always in the mood for ass. Not always in the mood for ass. Especially when, you know, because Bayonetta is a, you know, she's a very complex character. There's a lot of nuanced gameplay. Uh, she's my favorite character. One of my favorite characters. I was talking to Erica about this. And I like that she's, um, I realize this, it's too, tr- it's a trope mash where they took a hyper feminine character, but they gave her the same aloof um, arrogance of male character and they mashed it together. <laughs> And it's just like a trope sandwich, like a trope, um, like trope Neapolitan ice cream. And I fucking love it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, it's actually my favorite things. But it's like, I don't want to see a man be hyper confident. I don't really care. But a very feminine lady doing it is interesting. It's a very simple thing. Like, it's not like Bayonetta is a super complex character or anything like that. I just enjoy the um, trope sorbet. And uh, yeah. That is the truth. That is not satire. I actually enjoy it. It's not, that was not a joke. That is just a genuine, open assessment of myself. And no options in games are bad. Bayonetta 3 coming out. Oh, speaking speaking about options in games, uh, this is a funny one. What? Um, the Sims is now, in their next update, is now adding... Um, uh, sexuality, essentially. Wait, so wasn't that the, fun, the, fu- the funny joke about this is is that the Sims have always just been pansexual in general. And so after like you know, over 22 years, they're now adding straights into the game. <laughs> so now... After so now, yeah. So now, now specifically, you'll have Sims who are like specifically interested in men, specifically interested in women, specifically interested in nobody, uh, <laughs> specifically interested in everybody. But the again, the fun, the funnier joke here is that uh, they are, they are begrudgingly adding straights to the game. I. Wish that we did man on the street interviews at like game like they're having the um classic game fest here in Austin this weekend. And I if we weren't diseased, if we weren't a diseased populace, I would want to go up to the odd gamer and be like, Did you know that all Sims are pansexual? And what do you think about that? That's all. I don't need, some people would be like, I don't play the Sims, man. Get out of here. That's fine. Sims aren't for real gamers. Right. But I would love to just, I know for a fact, because male gamers have opinions on lots of things, especially games they have not played or will not play and generally have been ignoring. Those are the games they really pipe up, really lean into. So I think I might be able to get some gold by just asking. Did you know all Sims are pansexual? All of them. And how do you feel about they'll wa- that? They'll, they'll wahoo anybody. Yes. I didn't know that bit. Um, I didn't. They they will, wa- that gen- like, basically the way it was before is gender and sex didn't really mean anything in The Sims. Like, even to where it basically, like, in one of, 
in like Sims 4, they basically made it so that like when you create your Sims, it's just like, does your Sim, how does your Sim go to the bathroom? Do they sit up or stand out? Like, like gender and sex do not like, they're, the, the game is not really built around it at all. Huh. Um, I never thought about it. It really is. It really is like, can your sim get pregnant? Can your sim not get pregnant? Can Does your sim like stand up to use the bathroom? Does your sim sit down to use the bathroom? Um, I kind of want to return to this story. I think we're going to have to grab Jilla and um, just get like five minutes because she's the sim queen as in there is a lot of there is i think they've been playing the sims for a decade and heavily modded nuanced multi-generational sims families that i've been hearing about for the better part of six years so we're gonna have to rope her in just to get just to get a little perspective just to keep it keeping this is this is a developing story because i find this rather interesting did not know that. All sim talk, I want to get it. I can, the fact that I have a sim historian um, on the line, on my phone, I can do this. I'm going to take advantage of But yes, now you can be a straight person in the sim. You can make a straight sim, finally. Praise Jesus. Heterosexuality. It's here. It's here now. Finally. Straight and gay sims. Did not know that was a thing. Yeah, no, th- this is just endlessly funny to me right now. Just endlessly funny. Um, so it says here, a few things here. It says, I forgot to mention Godfall, but I will do that at the end of the program. It also mentions that Elon Musk is broke. Elon Musk is broke. Oh, yeah. So real quick on the Twitter versus Elon Musk. This is like a super fast recap. Uh, uh, Elon backed out of the deal in Justin was right. Um, You got to bring him back. Hey, Justin being right. Let's go. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Elon Musk backed out of the deal because that nigga ain't got no cash. Got no capital. And he's trying to basically renege on the whole thing by just being like, well, Twitter's got a bot problem. They didn't give me the stuff, et cetera. What not all. Twitter is taking Elon the court. <laughs> uh, in something, I'm not going to lie, this is like one of the shadiest filings like I've ever seen. Like, it's like... It's just a lot of, uh, this motherfucker's a liar. Here's exhibit A, B, C, D, and E of why this motherfucker's a liar and reneging on his deal. We asked Delaware to force him to buy us because apparently that's a thing that can be done. So Twitter can basically be like, well, uh, Elon gave us the offer. He's trying to back out of the offer. So we're going to try and make him force... We're going to try and force him to take the offer. (laughs) Now, that does not mean, (laughs) so great. That does not mean that, like, you know, if Twitter wins, that um, Elon is going to have to, like, actually purchase Twitter. But uh, 
he will have to give like the, the courts can just decide well elon's not gonna be purchasing twitter but he has to give twitter a fuck ton more money because he said that he was gonna buy them for x amount of money um also written into that deal was like he's supposed to give twitter like i think like what was it like a billion two billion if like the deal didn't go through yes um which again gets into some funny ass shit because uh uh he very much uh is trying to get out of this deal but like the entire deal is written wildly in twitter's favor like it's it's kind of amazing twitter's like even in the deal they're like because of elon musk's history <laughs> in pulling out of such deals we need like collateral like the whole it's, it's the whole thing's in twitter's favor it's a uh, very fascinating to watch so we're gonna see how these next legal proceedings go and apparently, um, this specific court in Delaware goes pretty fast, so we shouldn't have to, like, actually wait that long to find out. All right. But I do like the idea that Twitter's like, well, you said you were going to buy us, and uh, you uh, broke the contract. So uh, guess what you're going to buy? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> in Twitter versus Elon Musk. He's a genius, isn't he? Tactical mastermind. No. no. Masterful engineer. No, he's not an engineer at all, actually. What I've always... I, I mean, I get it now. I guess he's like Donald Trump in a way. I guess he's the hope and dream for a uh, mediocre for the mediocre masses where Donald Trump was the icon for one segment of mediocre folks. Elon yeah, no, Musk Elon Musk literally just has money. Like he doesn't he is not business savvy. He um uh he doesn't actually know anything about tech. Like he's not—he's not an engineer. He doesn't know how any of this stuff like works. Um, he dropped out of his like pro his program that he was in. Like I don't like I he definitely I'm pretty sure he has a degree, but he didn't finish it. Um. So have to. I mean, you can go. I mean, you could take a moment and look that up. Yeah, let me Correct. really Listen. quick. Uh, by all means. Um... Yeah, so he has a BA in physics and a BS in economics. And that's, but they're, they're also from like 1995. Uh, he was accepted into a doctoral prog program, but he never went. Sounds about right. Yeah, he was accepted into a... Um, uh, it, it was actually a, um, a philosophy program. Right. Um, 
a doctor of philosophy in materials science. Um, sounds like, but yeah, it. he sounds yeah, like, yeah, he's accepted into the program, but he never, he never went. All right. Yeah. He dropped out of Stanford after two days and then decided to launch a startup. Cause that was the time of the first internet boom in 95. Ah, that was before the dot-com crash. Yep. I mean, I don't have anything nice to say. Um, you- I think, I mean, we, Elon Musk and his horrible father, um, they are who they are. I just always, every time I hear about Elon Musk, anytime I hear the details, I always look at the people who push him, who lift him up. And I'm like, y'all are just lying on this dude. Like, you guys are literally, he does something and you just and you just kind of make it, you're kind of just literally making it up. And they're different from Trump supporters in that way. Is Trump supporters will say that the silly thing that he did has value. So if Trump run, if Trump jumps the curb and knocks over a hot dog stand with his car, then they'll say that the hot dog stand um that he'll um get a job for the guy with the hot dog stand um elon elon musk people will say something totally will literally act like he didn't do that like he didn't jump the curb and didn't hit the hot dog stand and they will just apply their own logic from their own i've never seen a person who is about 75 to 80 percent fan fiction in the eyes of the public like elon musk and he has and hit the people who uh stick up for him just write fan fiction for him on the spot all the time mm-hmm. and it fascinates me because elon musk is terrible and one thing i've learned since the world ended is that terrible people are going to be here no one's going to really punch him in the face or anything interesting but they're the people who follow the terrible people and in the case of elon musk where you are just making up an alternate reality for him with every step he takes that is fascinating to me and in a lot of ways more fascinating the most fascinating fandom for moron as you know moron fandoms are a thing you know they are a thing um they are the most fascinating one because they are not looking they are not even trying to take anything from the reality of their subject at all they're just elon musk as tony stark regardless of any empirical data about elon musk yeah the funny thing i'm looking at like tony stark i'm like but tony stark's an actual engineer right tony stark is a problem he was a problematic tangible genius though he was a at first a problematic tangible genius smart actually hands on hands in the mud brilliant elon is not hands in the mud like Mm. hands on like at all no not even not even a little like it's one of the great biggest lies i'm like he doesn't actually know what he's doing right and it's very clear it's very clear that he isn't but the amount of people who talk like he does through his clear is clear like clearly displaying a lack of knowledge and experience and people just tweet right through that in his defense and i'm just so but so, I, I'm not going to lie. One of, one of my favorite things is, and this sounds like I'm lying, but it's not. One of my favorite things is, like, 
going in any like any any like video game or like tech website that has comments still on um anytime they talk about elon musk just like going into the into the comment section and just watching the wars start in the comment section because there's always like there's always like the one elon musk like fan person in there and then there's like the the very like what the fuck are you talking about dude like like people and then they just kind of like go at each other in the comments and i'm just like oh this is delightful like it's 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 generally um like more uh especially like a lot of the more reasonable tech sites um there's there's more of uh not elon fans in there and so it's always really funny to watch like the lone or like the few like Elon fanboys or like fan people come in and just be like singing his praises and people will just be like, no. <laughs> it's been it's been great reading. Um, pass that along. Um, I definitely would like to read this. And we might need to share with the audience because um we're not the only ones that enjoy Elon Musk fans getting called out on their bullshit. Their king is trash. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just I'm just here for mess. Like I don't want to spread mess, but I just want to watch mess. And I just don't watch reality TV, so I don't get like an adequate amount of mess in my life. So I just watch real life people. Reality TV get get messy in the comment sections. Reality TV is being ruined by real life. Ruined. So I get it. I absolutely Wait, do. how's how's it getting ruined by real life? Real life is messy. Fucking terrible ass terrible people. And the terrible people and the interactions of those around the terrible person. A lot of um our rules in life are mostly gentlemen's agreements. It's like it mostly would be nice if you didn't do this. And then uh we've now ushered in the era of well what if I did to no response or they do it. So we have a lot of, there's a lot of discourse about flim, there's a lot of discourse about objectively problematic stuff from the people who want to reserve the right to be terrible. And it makes all interactions, famous people more, it makes problematic, famous people, um, it gives them a larger platform, larger foothold and watching them use it and then watching their audience kind of circle around them is better than most reality television. Um, yeah. This is real life. It's awful. It's great. But it's awful. But it's great. But it's awful. But it's great. But it's awful. But uh, it's the end of the show. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it is the end of the show. Shout outs to uh, our sponsors, you guys. <laughs> and uh, like I said, if you want to find bacon, that's uh, twitter.com backslash B4C0NZILLA. And then the Twitch is coming. Bacon will let you know about that. Twitch.tv. Backslash the Baconzilla. In the meantime, I'm still where where the little 
the Discord's popping a little bit. The Discord's been pretty active. Oh yeah, we bring oh, we 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 open yeah the Discord. I don't know what the do we have to do people have to like DM you for in, yeah in, people need to DM me. I need I need some vets. I have to I have to sort of vet it out. I mean, you're the like I said. I appreciate you for even wanting to delve in to this process. So, and we do have a Discord. The Unreasonable Friday Discord is actually shockingly active. Um, it's shocking. I'm shocked every day by my phone being 90% Discord messages, and the other half being um, news updates from Google that um, I've assumed I only want wrestling news updates, but that's neither here nor there. I think, I think we nailed it. I think we did it, Bacon. I think we did the thing. We did a whole program. And we'll be back next week with another program. And there's an entire chunk of the list where I wrote, indie games are carrying the video game industry squarely on their back. They're no longer a supplement. But we need that's a whole thing, and we got to bring in other people because this list is long, and all of you are playing. All of us are playing indie games now. All of us. So we owe them a thank you. But that's for a later date. It's true. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And have a pleasant day. Go ahead, stand up.